It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! It is Monday. Can you feel the energy? I can. (laughs) (laughs) Compare it to our Friday energy. Let's go. It's Monday, Bull. Everybody wake up here. No, Jason's half asleep. He's feeling good. This is don't adjust your computer screen. Yeah. This is not G. Bush. <laughs> he's he's out ill today. Uh, he's got a little neck issue. I th- he's been working in the gym so hard. Yeah. I, last Thursday, he was lifting tons of iron. Yeah, I just put it I think that it's way. karma he's, for making hurt his neck. cake on Friday. I saw that. That was funny. <laughs> yes. I watched so, that. we're, we're yeah. thrilled to have Jason Lloyd from The Athletic in his place. I'm Jay Crawford. Coming up later in the show, we're going to talk about something that, if it happened two years ago in college football – the college football universe would have exploded, but now it's commonplace. It's happening at Ohio State, and we'll talk about that later in the show. Brad, what do you got today? Well, I'm on the heels of that because the, the Ohio State, NCAA, NIL, they're on a collision course here, and I just think that uh, until they show them the books, yeah, this thing's going to get worse. It feels like we're coming to a big reckoning in college. But they better write yes. the rules. Whatever they're going to do, they better decide what's legal and what is Salary cap. Seriously, no, no listen, I, 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 thought, I thought that this morning as I was researching to see how much some of these schools have. If you don't put a salary cap in place, it's going to be mayhem. And there's going to be about 10 teams that compete and everybody else will be the also Rams. I mean, it's already like kind of 10 teams. Compete. It is, but it's, it's going to be really good. It's going to be 10 Texas yeah, teams who cares? and everybody else who and cares? Notre Dame. Free, free market, right? Everybody's screaming about free market. Yeah, let them do what they want. Uh, but it's not free market. They, ah. they, they, you got to see the books to see how much. Even the pros here. have. You know, look. Yeah. You, you got to know what the numbers are. It, yeah. Even the pros have a salary cap. It's kind of, yeah. sort of. To protect each other from the other owners. Yeah, but yeah, that's why they have it. Listen, I thought that this morning. I thought, I don't know what the number is. Yeah. There are already schools that have pots of $30 million. But how can they get away with that? Period. Well, we're going to see what happens. It's their fault they put themselves in, in this position. I thought they jumped into the pool before they checked the water. That's, they're trying to build the plane and fly it at the same time. <laughs> That's exactly what they're doing. And by the way, I'm Ori- former Orioles pitcher Tippy Martinez. And let me tell you something. <laughs> the Guardians are on a roll, but can they keep it going? We'll get to that in a little bit. If you're going to be a former Orioles pitcher, why not be like Jim Palmer? No, that's he's too good. Mike Messina. I don't know. Rick Manning mentioned Tippy Martinez, or, or maybe it was Andre Knott mentioned Tippy Martinez. And I was like, oh, yeah, Tippy Martinez. It's an old throwback match. It's a great name. All right, let's jump into the show, shall we? Yeah. Um, accuser number 24 is coming today. Do we know, have the papers been filed yet? Jason, do you know? Or uh, is it it's expected to be filed I, today? I think we're just, they're just ex- waiting for the stamp at the Yeah, I, I meant to check just before we went on. As of about 9 o'clock this morning, it had not been filed. Yeah. But I, they're a little bit behind us in Houston. So the 24th accuser is a coming today. We know the 23rd happened last week. Right. There was some interesting developments on Friday. And by interesting, I mean, what the hell is Rusty Harden thinking? <laughs> Um, the Russian wow. mob law, lawyer. So, so 
Rusty Harden went on a radio station in Houston on Friday and actually opened a can that he didn't need to open. And I'm not sure anybody, legal community or sports community, can figure out why exactly he said what he said. If you haven't heard it, listen carefully and ask yourself, is this the guy you want representing you? Here it is. Stevie? I don't know how many men are out there now that have had a massage that perhaps occasionally there was a happy ending. All right? Maybe there's nobody in your listening audience that that ever happened to. I do want to point out, if it has happened, it's not a crime. Okay? Unless you are paying somebody extra or so to give you some type of sexual activity, it's not a crime. And All right. so at the end of the day, uh, that's another thing that would affect conduct. Doing something or saying something or being a way that makes you uncomfortable is not a crime. And so we've had two grand juries find that, and nobody seems to want to listen. By the way, Rusty Harden separated at birth with my great aunt Flory. They look like twins. <laughs> Nobody besides me knows what I mean, she's dead now, but I'm telling you, she, she, that could be my great aunt right there. Did she have any law experience? She had no Because I'm beginning no. to question Rusty's for, credentials. Uh, a Bank Street College, which doesn't make sense that that's a Jason, college. I want you to start on this because. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I said like, You it's know what, Deshaun? Oddly, oddly enough, that was exactly Deshaun Watson's reaction. <laughs> and the Browns. What in Kevin the Stavansky world is he doing? I have no, I have no. You know what I was most upset about? I had Rusty on the radio week before, and I asked him that exact question. He didn't give me that answer. No, he said. I would have loved if he didn't give me that answer. He said pretty much nothing when you asked Oh, it. I said, Rusty, I've had a lot of massages in my life. None of them ended in sex. How does this happen? He didn't tell me. He was happy ending on me. Like, I would have loved if he just said happy ending. you get ending. a happy ending in a massage, it's because you went to a hooker. <laughs> yeah, it's not a massage. It's, 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 it's a prostitute you that's a dressed up as a massage therapist. I, I just, I, I was <laughs> gobsmacked when, uh, I, when, when, I, when I saw that. Because someone at The Athletic actually said it to me first. I was like, what is he thinking? Because, okay, I thought it was an onion headline. It, that, it, right? Like, most of this case looks like an onion onion headline but I mean legally okay fine he's right but in the context of what we're talking about Rusty why would you why would well, you get, why? Yeah, it's, the, it's the, apropos why? of nothing no one has ever no one has accused you, him you, of you, paying you, for you, sex you, you, here you got a couple things going on here that was the, the craziest comment ever right so Rusty Hart has done his job in, in the criminal world this has been removed right you may need for now a, you may you for now yeah you may need another representation for the civil case it's different right the case here, Rusty Hart should say nothing, right? Nothing more to say. I don't know why they feel like they have to respond to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Well, because now it's being, they're playing ping pong in the, with well, the media, well, right? I mean, yeah. Jason, you know that because so, you had both Busby and Harden but you gotta go to, in successive you gotta days. Go. Right. Busby's game is to chase the dollars. That's all he's doing, chasing the money. Yes. I'm going to bring more pressure on you, more pressure on you, and you're going to settle me because these, these clients not going to be able to pay me. I'm going to need I'm gonna need Deshaun Watson to pay me, yeah. right? So that's what this game is. And so to the point, if you think – that you're going to talk your way out of this, right? You just open yourself up for more ammo coming at your way, right? That was the dumbest well, comment ever. I'm if, glad you said that. If I'm Deshaun Watson, guys, I'm not settling no matter what. I know we've been through this. I know it's probably best oh, for yes, all of us. Oh, yes, you are. I wouldn't. Why? If, if, because if I'm not guilty of anything, I will not admit guilt of anything. That's In the real world, that's yes. perfectly well and good. Yes. But I, I know where Jason's happen. going. Yeah. Where Jason's going is like, okay, what the hell is coming next? 
I'm taking fire. I'm taking friendly fire from my own attorney. I'm shot by my own attorney. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so obviously the 23rd and the 24th, not a good look. Right. G. Bush, who's been not an apologist for D. Watson, but he's had an answer for everything, as yeah. a lot of folks have. When the 23rd came out, he goes, all right, this is, this is starting to not look so good. And that's G. Bush. So yeah. I, th I think you're taking 23rd, 24th. Your lawyer puts his foot in it. Yeah. And now... He, okay, so I want to get to his cleanup comment, but before we read that quote, can we have, Steve and, and Mikey, can we have the Busby response? So this is what Harden has done now in terms of how this case might play out. Busby says, this may have single-handedly lost his client the case because I'm absolutely Not going true. to use that comment because I think it speaks volumes to how he his team and his client think about the massage well, industry. That's not true, right? Uh, here, he, I he, agree he, with I, you. He, he's playing the game, yes, right? The right. Game, sure, he's saying what he has to say. The game is being played, right? So the response is he just opened himself to, up to the attack. Now, to Jason's point, I will tell you this. Why somebody get in the room? Because this thing is not going anywhere, right? And the Browns here, when they paid the $230 million, they may not have said it, but I gave you enough firepower to walk yourself out of it. Amen. Right? Yeah, Here's $45 million signing bonus. Go get rid of it. Because this. to your point, he's not going to win this like that, right? This is not going away. Busby's not going away. He has to get paid, right? Sure. And he's not getting paid for them clients. I he's understand. Only <laughs> well, all you're saying is makes sense. All I know is if I were innocent of as he claims to be, I would never. And I'm with you. Again. I'm with you. I would you. never settle. However, I do think you're right. I think ultimately they will settle. There's a lot of pressure here. And Rusty Harden, where Rusty Harden, think about this, guys. You know, we keep thinking of the suspension in terms of what he might have done or not done criminally. Right. But the bottom line is the league can suspend him yes. for conduct detrimental to the league, right, inappropriate yeah. things. And that doesn't well, mean illegal. Right. No, no. So if Rusty Harden is saying, hey, we all get yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, then basically he's saying, fair or not, that my client got a bunch of happy endings. The league don't want to hear about that. But he didn't pay for them. Yeah. Whether he paid for them or not, the league doesn't <laughs> want to hear about that, and that could affect his suspension. Well, let's let's um, the Harden cleanup. So yeah. after I can By only imagine. Way, Deshaun, I'm, I'm telling you, Deshaun. By the way, I think, the happy I think Busby's <laughs> quote is correct, except for the fact that it won't definitely lose him the case. No, no I, I, I think that's hyperbole. That's, that's, that's what these guys think. But, but yeah. he's right that the quote shows a level of disrespect from at least Harden, not necessarily Watson, but at least Harden and for massage therapists. To, to Brad's point and to your point, I don't yeah. think that that's going to swing whether this no. case is won or lost. No, I, I, but I will yeah. say, if you're putting things in either Deshaun's camp or in Busby's camp, this certainly is ammo for Busby Without if it goes to trial. Right. Yeah. It's not I'm going to ask him. you guys, remind me to ask you guys the, the payoff question here after we read this, because Harden... I'm sure got a phone call from the Browns <laughs> and from Deshaun Watson, yeah, sure, yeah. and it, it went something like this: "What the hell? What the? There? And it wasn't hell. <laughs> did I just hear? So then he goes into spin mode and says Deshaun did not pay anyone for sex. I was using the term hypothetically and not describing Deshaun's case. I have reiterated to other it's others it's not okay to do anything that a woman does not agree to. Yeah, Even though in his soundbite he said." Making someone uncomfortable is not against the law. Clean up on aisle 10. Yeah, right? and this 11, and 12. Fire this is what this that is. would be the move right now. Well, you know, I, I thought maybe that he might do that, but yeah. I think what he's doing internally, so he doesn't want that, that headline. Right. Yeah. I think what he's probably doing is saying, Rusty, you're a figurehead. 
shut your damn mouth. Yeah. And perhaps someone else on the team, maybe the woman who spoke to HBO Sports, who I thought was incredibly buttoned up. Yeah. Maybe she becomes the lead dog here. But I don't think you want Rusty Harden arguing this case in front of a jury. Well, here's what's kind of odd about how they've attacked this whole thing is, is they were silent for so long. I right. know. You never heard anything from Rusty or his defense team. And they were just, they were taking fire and they were taking hits. And Busby would talk to anyone who would listen. And, and Rusty was not counterpunching at all. And I, I texted him when Deshaun first came to Cleveland. I reached out to, to Rusty, never got a response from him. And then all of a sudden like that, it turned and they started firing now. And now yeah. they're trying to Why answer. It, it was the HBO special, right? That yeah. had a lot to do yeah, with HBO that. special brought a lot of heat here. They weren't expecting this. I think I, they so they it was Rusty the, saying, they, oh, we're going to play this in the they media. They were on Let's the go. front side of it, right? And so it's different heat than in the courtroom case and the criminal case in Houston. Sure. But now you have to sit out here and figure out Okay, what, how am I responding? When am I responding? Because the more he says, he's just giving more ammo, even if it does mean, mean nothing, right? That little bit of sound bite you just got out of him and say, see, I told you, they know something is going on here. Right. I think Rusty was very honest when, because we, we talked about this, and he said, like, listen, we were never going to win the PR battle. Like, it was just too much. That could not be my focus at the moment. We had to focus on the criminal component of this. Once that, once the no bill came back and we knew there was not going to be any criminal charges, then we could move on to the NFL and then we could move on to the public perception of it. And so I, cause I've told a couple people, they need to talk. Like if you don't talk, this is my big thing. I say it all the time. If you don't talk, we talk for Rusty you. Rusty Hart don't want comes that. off as a rich entitled D bag, but that's what he comes but, off as. And it's making his client look bad by extension. I mean, hearing Rusty Friday, I thought, okay, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't be talking. He that shouldn't. was the that was the first time, and I don't want to bring age in this, but this was the first time where old. I looked at Rusty and yeah. thought, boy, he's 80 years old. Mm -hmm. He's at the end of his career. Yeah, he's lost his fastball. Maybe he shouldn't be out. And because yeah. I thought he handled himself well when he was on 92-3, when because I pressed him on a couple different things, and yeah. I thought he handled himself really well. But then hearing that on Friday, I was like, yeah. Oh wow. But, but okay. Jason saw reactionary, right? He, I don't. They're feeling this undue pressure, right? Because the, pu the public swell is, is is building out here on them, right? And so they feel like they have to respond, boo, in every every yeah. shape, form, or fashion. And every time you respond, they're going to pick that apart. Well, if that was Busby's yeah. strategy, it worked. Uh, Let's well, just see, get Rusty to talk. Exactly, but they're picking off pieces and parts, right? If you read if you read Busby's statement, it was nonsensical, right? But he's like, oh, they lost the case on this. I yeah, didn't but lose, that's you, didn't you know we anything. get caught up sometimes too. Most people in America don't care about this story. In Cleveland, they care, sure. There's a new story every day. I mean, it's like something else new. You well, got if you if you take into account, Bull, that he is a top five quarterback in the NFL, I I, I think that people are watching this with interest. Yeah. I, I don't think they're scouring the internet for the latest every right. day. We are. Right. But I don't think I, I don't think nationally that's going on. But I think that there, a lot of eyeballs are on this case in particular. I think on the NFL yeah. to see what they do. Last week we floated the the idea that Charles Robinson has had said, and he's a Yahoo reporter who seems to be plugged into this story Definitely, somehow. Yeah. He made the, the the point on his podcast, I believe, late last week that, you know, he believes it could be a year, and he believes the Browns are preparing for it to be a year. That kind of I raised my eyebrows uh, when I heard that. So a couple things on that, and I'll try to move quick. Number one. I don't think it's a year because if it's a year, then they would have just put him on the commissioner's exempt list. You would think. And and Roger Goodell has already said that's off the table. So to me, that's less than a year. If the Browns are now preparing for a year, that's a completely different song than what they've been singing up until this yeah. point. And I don't know what drastically has changed. 23 and 24 does not make this a year. No. Like, no. no. It's, it's, no. I don't want this to sound callous. 22 is the same as 24 is the same as 34. Right. As long as the allegations are similar. Now, if a woman comes out and says... 
he raped me. Everything stops. Right. Now the criminal component comes back in and everything stops and everything changes. I don't, as long as the allegations stay similar, I don't think 23 and 24 really so, make a difference. Yeah, why, is the league waiting? why is the league waiting right now? Well, like, don't they we, want it off the plate? No, because it's, 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 it's a very sensitive issue. Let me just tell you, you know how sensitive it is. And I'll tell you this, and, I, and I'm a proponent. I told you, I'm clear to tell you. Got four daughters. I'm if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Concerned, right? It's going to play as it plays, only as it plays along the entire way. We have to see this in entirety. Right. Now, what, what, what the problem is, and I know what Goodell's the problem is, right? Because if they come out with something... Um, uh, suspension that is out out of line, what is perceived out of line out yeah. here. There's a section of this of this country that's going to light into them. Sure, right, waiting on it. Right? This might on, be the on, biggest on, rock and hard on, place. On the east side of Cleveland, waiting on it. Right, okay, because you have a, 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 a gentleman that has just got gotten out of the criminal case in Houston. Right, won't face criminal. Charges. Right, that has tied the NFL's hands to a degree, right? Sure. Because this should have been put to bed. Although, right? although there's precedent set. Yeah, there's but been the no problem, criminal charges problem, in other cases. If it looks like it's out of line and out of skew. Yeah. Boy, they're going so to get, get the kitchen sink coming at So you. how do you think the Trevor Bauer thing plays into it? Well, I don't think it plays into it for, for, from Watson's standpoint because I think baseball is on its own own game over there, right? You don't they're, think they're doing their own thing, right? No. I think they try. I think the, the, the impact on the NFL may be we got to do something, right? But, it, but there's nobody Jason, waiting in L.A. for portion of the country not waiting in L.A. to see what happened. But about. Jason, let me ask you your own question. What do you think happened in the the, the day after the uh, Manfred came out with two years? Two is really three. Four. It is three because he lost last year yeah. after June or July right. or whatever. What do you think the the conversations were? In, on Park Avenue in the NFL offices when that news came out because I was shocked by that and I said immediately this puts the NFL in a real spot. Yeah, I don't know if the NFL cares what goes on in baseball because I had the same initial reaction of oh boy if Trevor got two years with yeah. no criminal indictment what does this mean for Deshaun and and the NFL you know it, when, when the whole Vax card came out the N N NHL player forged a vax card yep. and, and got a significantly harsher suspension what the NFL gave Antonio Brown. So I don't know that necessarily they look at baseball. The NFL feels like they are they're above, above everyone else to begin. And with. I yeah. believe baseball was doing the Dodgers a favor. I don't think they want Trevor Bauer on the team and I don't think they want to pay. Him. And, and I think that factors in and that's not a case. In and I don't want to put everything on a scale because bad is bad. But right. what some of the things that the allegations against Bauer are a lot are are really violent compared to what is yeah. facing Deshaun and, he's and I'm not in his sport and I'm not trying to dismiss or, or you know downplay what the allegations yeah. Yeah. against there's different severities but there here is different and, yeah. severities here. okay right, um, I, we're going to move on to our next topic before I do one quick question we'll blast around the panel yeah. the percentage of chance that you think this court or uh, this this case ever ends up in a courtroom 10 percent five one of them could I think one of them could but I think ultimately the NFL is going to pressure Deshaun to settle this 
now, right now. Settle all these they cases. They want this done with. I think the NFL is going to tell them, listen, clean this up and get rid of this, and it will be X number of games. If you don't, if you take this to trial and embarrass us, the gloves come off. Well, that's, that's, that's you're talking about an indirect message. They're not going to deliver a message like that for him to settle. But, so they, but they, be, you know as well as I can do, they can tell him that. Yeah, they can get that word It's going to be indirect, right? They can let his agent know that if this goes to court and you lose, it is an entirely different ballgame. So I, I think one of them could go to trial, but not all 24. There's no way. I'm, I'm going to go with 1% chance that any of them see yeah. a courtroom. We'll see. Okay. Next up, Guardians, right? Wow. Five of six now this team has won. Yeah. Now I know they're beating bad teams. They're supposed to. But yeah. yesterday I, yesterday was an interesting game because they get three runs in the first inning on a Jimenez home run, and then the bats just completely went to sleep. Plezak was great. Pitched six innings. I think he gave up two runs. I thought one of the stories pitching-wise for the for the Indians or for the Guardians yesterday, Morgan and Classe out of the pen. They, they go two and two-thirds yeah. of scoreless baseball. Even though it took us two or three of his outings before we could remember his name was Morgan. Because <laughs> yeah. I kept saying, the young kid right. with the yeah, great yeah. stuff. Eli Morgan, we know his name well, now. They were great yesterday. They've won five of six. They're a game behind... 500 and yeah. they're four and a half now out of second first place, place yeah. in second place. Yeah, I, listen, you know, we had a debate. It might have been on our practice week whether the Guardians would be in the mix at the beginning of September. Right. And you guys all said no, and I said yes. And I, I, I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I do think Francona has a way of leading his team at least to stay in the mix and overachieve. The roster as is is not an over 500 roster, in my opinion. No. But they'll clean, keep playing well, especially against these bad teams. They've struggled against the good teams. The combo of Morgan and Classe right now at the back of the pen has been very good. Tremendous. And what's interesting about Morgan is a couple things. First of all, he was a starter in the minors and even last year with the with the. Indians. I think he could be a starter. He could be, but he's, he's really thriving in this role and not as an – we're so used to the guys thriving in the bullpen being these overpowering yeah. fastball guys, he's and that's not, not yeah. his thing. He's but a great he, setup guy. He's been great, and he can go multiple innings, which you love, right? They had to bring him in in the seventh. Yeah. Um, and and he did. He got out of that inning after a couple of walks. Uh, who would who would uh, who would pitch the, the big lefty? Um, Henches. Henches. Yes. Thank Henches you. got a he, little bit of trouble. His name right now. Yeah. But Henches had gotten trouble with a couple of walks, and then Morgan got out of it and really got two pop ups. Got out of the inning. Then Finn came back for the eighth. Too. Yes. Yes. And Classe's been lights out of late. Yeah. He had a little struggles early in April, but he's and in a league where there are maybe eight reliable closers, I think the Guardians have one of them. Not. He may not be on the top of the reliable list, but he's on the reliable list. Well, you got to talk about, uh, and I, I've said it before on the show, yeah. I think you don't underestimate the value of, of Tito Francona, right? You just, what he, good management brings to any professional club, even when you have undervalued or uh, undervalued uh, players, yeah. right? They seem to get the most out of those players, right? And that's, I think that's what's happening now with the Guardians. Always, yeah. yeah. Their window's really going to open next year. I think that's when their contention window gets thrown open. This is who they are. They're a 500 team. They're gonna they're gonna get hot. They're gonna go cold. They're gonna win yeah. some. Like they're they'll 500 beat the bad teams. teams. They'll beat the bad teams. They'll lose to some bad teams. They'll lose some games they should win. They're a young team still trying to figure it out. Ultimately, I think they're a 500 team. But this division, they could hang around. The White Sox have been shredded with injuries. Yep. The Twins, I still don't believe in the Twins. I don't believe in their pitching. So they may still linger in the race just because of their division they're in. I don't think they're good enough to make a deep playoff run right now. But this was this year was all about once they missed on Matt Olson, once they missed on these other guys, yeah. they were going to play all the kids, and we've seen that. 
They've got a lot of decisions to make. I think I talked about this last time I was in. They have a lot of decisions they have to make with the 40-man. It's packed full of prospects right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's A lot untenable. of middle infield prospects. It's untenable yeah. to keep it this way. They're going to have to make some trades. They could be buyers at the deadline, regardless of what their standings are, right. just because they have to start freeing up some of these 40-man spots and, and start sort of rebalancing the roster a little bit. So they're, they're looking at as many young kids as they can, and I think next year the window, and I hate to say wait till next year in yeah. Cleveland, but next year I but, think is when this contention window and really I, gets thrown the over. the ownership help will be firmly in place next year because we know that he's taken on the minority owner. I don't but, know why that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, okay, I thought it was so, supposed to have happened. Well, it, hold he's got a ton of money. It's just the legal process. We, I mean, they need, obviously, a financial boost. Yes, they need well, to, and that's coming but, but in, in the, the form of the minority owner, and yeah. he is going to spend money on this. Well, thing. so I had a lot of conversations in spring training about that, about an injection from a minority owner. And basically, the way it was explained to me is, if you're expecting David Blitzer, which is who we're talking about yep. here, to come in and start writing checks to cover losses, that's not going to happen. Not to cover losses, no. But where but Blitzer, to make the team competitive, yeah, where, where it I, makes sense? I think it's a multi-year process here. And really where it I is. think where they are interested in Blitzer is his real estate background and sort of developing the area yeah, yeah, around yeah. progressive field. So, I think that garage so, is going to look a lot differently. Yes. And they're going to start. So if you can build up some economic development and mixed use well, around yeah, the stadium I, 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 and then pour that, this is your area, yeah, yeah. and pour that back into the t- payroll, that's how they feel like so they're let, going to win. So so I know for a fact that, that, that the Guardians are keen on progressive field being the front door to the entry into downtown. Sure. Park. Right. So if you look to the west of of progressive field they have all this area that they want developed untapped right it yeah. has to here yeah you don't go to any major market where they're not developing around the yes. public it's stunning stadium. the lack it's of stunning. development around the downtown but, here in but they're they're kind of pinned in. we did a big study on this at the athletic last year they're kind of pinned in it's like a highway you know carnegie's sort of like a highway and yeah. you got the cemetery right yeah. there right so and the dolans don't own Jason. any of that land Jason. so they have to figure out so first of all they got to buy that land so bull stadium do you know what that used to look like when i played there Oh, Chicago? Yes. Oh, it was. What was it? Rough. How rough? Pretty rough. <laughs> and what does it look like now? It's better. I went yeah. back there. They're pushing baby carriages around. Maybe one day happened. here. But no, this is not going to happen overnight, though. It happens because you have leadership at the top that yeah. says, this is going to vision. happen. Yeah. This yeah. is Someone going to happen, yeah. right? It's the same story with Burke Lake Front Airport. It's the same story with the access to the lake, right? Somebody at the top of the food ticket yeah. has to be... This is about to happen. Yeah, and, right. and Jason, you're right on the development, but the Blitzer yeah. group—they—they they, they want a winner here. Absolutely, they want to win. But this isn't—this isn't, isn't going to be Blitzer signs not, on. Not like right. that. No, 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 no. And the payroll goes up 25 no, 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 no. million next no. year. Like but, that's but not how it's going to work. It is going to. It turn better around. go up 25 million, whether it's him or not. This is ridiculous. They're not losing money if the payroll goes up 25 million. I don't believe they are. I, I should have thrown a higher number. Yeah, yeah. you know, a much higher yeah. number. Yeah. They, the 25 listen, would get us middle of the pack. Not even line on this team is. I know there's a lot of young players, but not—they're not all going to pan out. Correct. And for the most part, the Guardians slash Indians, most of the hitters they brought up in the last decade have not panned out. But they've sort of, I think, altered the way that their approach to scouting with hitting. Yeah. They've really gone the contact route. Who makes good contact? It's almost like the pitchers. Let's focus on guys with control and we can build up the right, arm but strength. But how many guys on this current roster are you sure are starters in the lineup? Are definitely well, I think that's starters. what they're trying to I, figure out many. right now. I think Josh Naylor's a stick. I think Jimenez Naylor is, is a, a starter. Stick. I know yeah. you don't like him, but Naylor I don't is a love starter. Him. I, I think Naylor plays somewhere. Yep. Miles Straw plays somewhere because of his defense and the contract. Jimenez, I think, plays somewhere. It's curious to me that they haven't played him at short. Yeah, but none of these guys are front too, line players. Me too, by the way. And none but of them are going to ever be front line they're, fir- they're first-year guys, but you're seeing enough well, to believe. Well, not Straw and not Naylor. They're not first-year guys. No, but they're young. 
Yeah, yes, they're, but they're never going to be frontline players, I don't think. Well, I think that right now... You said starter. There's a difference no, between yeah, starter yeah, yeah. and... A, no, yeah. yes, that's true. Uh, yes. Listen, I think Naylor, I think Naylor is I think a be lot better than you're giving him credit But too. they need a couple of more elite-level players. Yes, oh, and they no don't question. have those but guys. But they're going to no get those guys when they bundle up all these prospects that we're yeah. talking about. You don't want to bring them in until you're ready. I think that right now... And that's they're what trying, I think they're doing. They're trying to see, okay, Jimenez fits at second. I think they're holding short for Gabriel Arias. It's the only thing I, I can think, think so of. too. Or else they're just trying to maintain Rosario's trade value by playing him at short and trying to move him. Maybe in a midseason he's been terrible. Team. He's been terrible. Yeah, he's not good. Jimenez is an everyday player, I believe. Owen Miller's proven to be an everyday player. Naylor's proven to be an everyday player. So you're starting to see it fit. Obviously, you have Hosey at third. You have Miles in center. So now you can look at this and say, okay, we need a corner outfield bat. Let's take three or four of these shortstop prospects we have yes. and go get a marquee bat. But this year is about figuring out who fits where. And then really press and go, I think, at the yeah. deadline this summer, uh, this winter. And, and I think you're going to see a lot of movement and a lot of trades. I just think all the guys you're naming as starters, I agree they're starting caliber players. I just think they're lower level starting caliber players. I hope I'm wrong. I would like, I think they need two legitimate bats in this lineup, like two frontline players. And that's hard to get when you're going to spend $50 million. And that's why they'll come and trade. Yeah. I think they'll come yeah. and trade. I, and I'm a little worried about the pitching, too, because I'm not sold yeah. on Plesak or Savali. Zach Meisel told me they should get a starter at the deadline, that they re- they need to go Wow, that's, that blows me away. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's, he thinks that they that that's – I mean, listen, Bieber, Man. we've already talked about Bieber. I don't think he's going to be here long no, term. They're going to have to do a decision no. on that. Right. Espino's probably ready next year. You can plug him in, yeah. probably. But that's no guarantee. There's right. injuries. Yeah. Uh, Savali and Plesak, to me, are not in the level that we're talking no. about. They're huge right. question marks all the time. Absolutely. Yes. McKenzie is. I think McKenzie Mackenzie's the real a, deal. He's always been a top prospect, yes. and now it's all coming together. I do worry about his health. McKenzie, he's, he's, yeah, I he worry body. about a strong wind coming and blowing yeah. him to he's, Akron. He's just, I, when you watch him pitch, you're like, not that he's violent, like, you know, I don't think he's a Clevenger, but he's yeah. so thin. He did have a major injury a couple years ago. I know ago. he did, and yes. I'm so I'm worried that, you he know. a couple. He missed a lot of time. Missed a lot of time. We're, uh, we, is he on? Tim's here. Tim Couch is on. All right, so let's bring Tim on. And Mike, Mike McNuggets, uh, you have something that you want to bring him in with. What's up, Tim? Yeah, this What's is up, uh, within the last five minutes. Tim Couch has been nominated for the 2023 College Football Hall of Fame. Wow. Let's go! Oh, a round of applause. Let's go! <laughs> Tim Couch, well-deserved. boy. If we have any say in the voting, we're going to get every UCSS fan to vote. Tim, you will be a Hall of Famer if we have any help in it. He's going. Hey, okay, I appreciate it. I, I need the help. I think this is about my seventh or eighth year on the finals list and haven't been able to get in yet. <laughs> All the votes I can get, I really Well, think. where are UK people at? Y'all running droves. Uh, come on with the UK folks. <laughs> Tim knows. Tim knows. They're, 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 they're studying about the eighth grade basketball players that, <laughs> that Calipari is going to offer scholarships to next week. Who votes on this, by the way? I don't know. That's I think right. it's writers. Is, is it, it writers or fans? I think or it's both. both. Yeah, I think there's uh, yeah, a mix. I believe it's both. Yeah. yeah. Tim, go down and tell Sam Bowie to get on his job. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, Sam, help me out. Rex Chatlin, all these guys need to come help me out, man. Yeah, we need to make a blocker charge video and have Rex send it out from your playing yeah. days. And then at the bottom of it, he can hashtag, and by the way, vote Tim College Football Hall of Fame. We're going to sure. vote him in for all the hits he took here. Was, clean, I was going to say, there was a lot of charges. Yeah. Like, God bless that man. Lot of <laughs> Tim, how are you, man? Good to see you again. I'm good. I'm doing great. It's great to see you guys. Um, we, we, the big Browns conversation earlier was, and I don't know if you followed the comments over the weekend, but Rusty Harden um, should probably work pro bono for, for Deshaun Watson because we're not sure if he's helping his case or hurting his case. Did you hear those comments? Are you, are you comfortable enough commenting on what he said Friday and how we tried to clean it up? 
I didn't hear all the comments. Can you catch me up on what, exactly what he said? So he basically, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Oh, boy. Good luck, yeah. yeah. Good luck. Hold on to your seat. He went on a radio okay. station and said, look, happy endings aren't illegal. A he lot of guys. Term happy and he used the term happy endings. He, really? he went there. He, said yeah. happy endings, huh? he used wow. the term happy endings. Do we want to play the sound? Yeah, play let's play it. Play it. Play it. Yeah, listen Give to us him. one sec, yes. Okay. Right. Stevie, right, Tim, you dial listen, it This up. is uh, Rusty Harden on Friday on a radio show in Houston. I don't know how many men are out there now that have had a massage that perhaps occasionally there was a happy ending. All right? Maybe there's nobody in your listening audience that that ever happened to. Can we see Tim? I do want to point out, if it has happened, it's not a crime. Okay? Unless you are paying somebody extra or so to give you some type of sexual activity, it's not a crime. And so at the end of the day, uh, that's another thing that would affect conduct. Doing something or saying something or being a way that makes you uncomfortable is not a crime. And so we had two <laughs> There was more. There was more. But what's your general reaction to that? If that was your attorney. Yeah, how are you feeling about that right now, Tim? I think I'm on Google right now searching for a new attorney. Yeah, that's uh, that's just uh, you just shake your head at that one. I mean, what what else can you really say? It's hard. It's hard to believe what he's saying, and that uh, you know that's he's representing Deshaun in this case. You know, that's that's uh, that's a tough one, man. That's um, allegedly. You know, I, I, yeah, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I'd be searching for make, new make representation. Nuggets, zoom in on me. I'm gonna give you the Chuck Daly sideline face from the Pistons. That's what he would do on listen to this. All right, comment. all right. We're going to get a tight here, shot of here, Brad here. here, here this here, is the Chuck Daly reaction Chuck, to Chuck that Chuck Daly comment? reaction to, to bad things happening on the side. Okay, line. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. He just wants all this to go away. Now, I will say, yes. Tim, he tried to clean it up. Here's how he tried to clean it up. And, and this, we're presuming, happened after Deshaun called him and said, what in the holy hell did you just say? Right. So yeah. he he released a he he didn't go on a somebody radio released station. it for him. I somebody don't know if this released was a pre statement. yeah a prearranged statement. It said Deshaun did not pay anyone for sex. I was using the term hypothetically and not describing Deshaun's case. I've reiterated to others it's not okay to do anything that a woman does not agree to. That makes it all better, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that clears it right up, huh? <laughs> I, I don't even thought. I mean, what, what can you say at this point? To what it, it's, it, the comments are ridiculous, Tim. But I want, yeah. you know, so much of the conversation around this has been what the Browns will do if Deshaun Watson gets suspended, right? So we obviously we've had the conversation. Everybody in Cleveland has had the conversation. Should you stick with Baker? But here's another question. We're going to talk a little bit more about this tomorrow. But I'd love your take on this now. There was uh, somebody who covers the Carolina Panthers suggested. That, you know, there's a, a right now the Browns and Panthers are debating. They, they might make a trade for Baker, but the Browns want a higher draft pick the, and the Browns want Panthers to cover, you know, a lot of the money. If the if the Panthers are willing to trade, if, if the Panthers trade Sam Darnold in the deal for Baker and because of that, the Browns get a higher draft pick back. Does that make sense to you? Darnold and Baker make the same amount of money. Would you take Darnold back in a deal if you can get a better draft pick and then he's your backup for Brissett if it's a long Watson suspension? Does that make some sense? Yeah, I guess that probably makes sense. You know, Darnold's a guy who's, you know, he's got some talent. You know, he's shown he's just been in a, you know, a bad situation early in his career. 
but you know he's he's certainly a guy who's played well at times. Um, so you know you, 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 he's a guy you can you know you think you can bring in and develop. He was a high draft pick, and you know I think that uh, you know that would certainly be something the Browns would be interested in doing. Yeah, I, I think you know especially if we can help you get a draft pick too, because at this point, For I sure. just think the idea of keeping Baker it just seems everybody that covers the team seems to think it's untenable. I don't know who know what. What did you? Uh, what do you think of? Um, uh, well, I, think, I can't remember if we talked to you about this already. But did you have you commented on the David Njoku contract already, or is that did we talk to you about that last week? I can't remember now. I don't think we did. So, what do you no. think about that big extension they signed with David Njoku? Uh, happy for David, you know. I think um, I, I was a little surprised, though. You know, I, I that was a lot of money, and um, you know, paying him like a you know, one of the top tight ends in the league. You know, he's he's a guy who he certainly looks the part, um, you know, but at times we've seen him be pretty inconsistent as well. Um, but, you know, hopefully this this contract motivates him to, you know, to work even harder and become the player that we all thought he could be, you know, when he was drafted high coming out of college and coming out of Miami. So, um, you know, the talent level is certainly there, and he flashes. You know, those, those playmaking uh, uh, skill sets come up from time to time. You just want to see him do it more consistently. And, you know, hopefully this, uh, you know, this contract will motivate him to get him on, on that path of being a little more consistent. Tim is so nice. He's one of the nicest people I've ever met. I know you're being been inconsistent. I know he's being nice. Yeah. But I think I know Tim well enough where when he when he saw that number, he I, I don't let me put words in your mouth, but I'm I'm imagining you had to look to make sure that you read that number right. <laughs> because Jason, I don't know that we talked to you about it because it happened after you were in last. Yeah. What, what the hell are they doing? I was stunned. Yeah, I, I was stunned by the number just because the production doesn't match the number. He's being paid like a top right. five tight end. He has not produced like a top five not tight even end close. at this point. Now you can make excuses about, you know, he's going to have a better quarterback now. That's true. He's the number one guy now. That's true. Obviously, Kevin Stefanski likes him. You know, Joku's wanted out multiple times and David got him back in the boat. I'm sorry. Yeah. Kevin got him back but in the why boat pay every him time. Because there's just not many to pick from, Tim. I mean, Tim, you know that as well as anyone. Him. They, they had him for this year. There's but. just not that many tight ends they out there. They had him on a tag. They, they had him on a tag. Million. The only thing I could think of is the fact that if, if, you, if he has the type of year, you, you're banking on him having a big year now, and now you have him locked in on year two when Deshaun's number goes higher on the cap. This team is going to start. I know the cap's going up, but this team is going to start feeling some cap crunch here coming up when you're paying your quarterback. Forty-five million dollars, and you've got one of the highest-paid uh, defensive backs in the league, yeah. one of the highest-paid defensive linemen in the league. They've never had cap issues the, before, but it's coming. It's coming. So when you get cap to, uh, cap, cap mm-hmm. issues, these are short-term deals. People are going to start moving around here. And I, and I, let me just say this: Jay. this is not the first time somebody's been overpaid in any sport, right? You just not people. No, pay, but this people, one just seems pay, so egregious. People, people pay his production is middle pay, of the league, he, middle of the road. But people pay for what they perceive to be potential. But right? we've had five years to see what he can well, do. But I mean, so what? Uh, here, how many times have we done that here in Cleveland? Overpaid people. Cavs for years, years ago. Yeah, a long, long time ago. We should keep doing it. Just well, no, and, and the other thing, Tim, we can go to the East Coast, West Coast. It happens yeah. all the time. Essentially, yes. it, it looks like this to me. I, this, the, I'm trying to do the gymnastics in my head, saying, "Wait, why, why would they do this? 28 million's guaranteed. So essentially, if they're not happy after two years, and they were yeah. going to pay him this year anyhow on the on the tag, right? So essentially, it's like two tag years, <laughs> and it, after two years, if he hasn't. If you haven't done it after seven years, right. it's not it's coming. Not coming. So not I coming. imagine they would cut right. bait, and, yeah, and we probably. shouldn't look at that number as 56. Right. We should look at it as 28. Right. One thing I want to ask Tim, though, was Tim, in talking about the cap and the fact that there are going to be tap, a cap crunch coming at some point, they just moved on from J.C. Treader. There's, there's going to be a rookie center this year, and they're paying their guards a ton of money. 
And that's kind of a luxury to have, really. And you needed it when you had Baker as the quarterback. I don't know necessarily that you need to be paying your guards $30 million when, when Deshaun is your quarterback. But as a quarterback, this has always fascinated me. Obviously, you want five strong players in front of you. If you have to have a weakness, though, in your offensive line, where's the, be- where's the easiest spot to cover? If Good you question. have one hole in fr- as a quarterback, where do you want that hole to be? Where can you cover it best? Um, in my opinion, I would say right tackle if you got a right-handed quarterback. You know, left tackle is a very important position because it's your blind side. You want somebody that you don't even have to worry about over there. You can just trust that you're not going to get hit in the back. Uh, pressure right up the middle is a nightmare for any quarterback because you can't step up in the pocket. So that right tackle position would probably be the one. If I had to pick one where I could say that could be our weakest spot, I would probably take that right tackle because you can see the pressure coming. You can step up. You can get away from it a little easier than you can coming from up the middle or off your blind side. You didn't have any weak spots on your line when you played. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> Tim had, Tim had hey. five Matadors in front of him when he played here. <laughs> Ole. <laughs> Poor thing, man. I don't think I've ever oh, seen an NFL quarterback teed off on like you were. Shoot, I'm feeling it today, too. My body, man, when I get up in the mornings. It takes me a few minutes to get going. You got to stretch. Yeah. Right, I know. You yeah. wake up yeah. sometimes sure. and think you're just on the ground from being from a, brown, a hit in a Browns game. <laughs> Still feeling that pain? Uh, oh, man, sometimes, yeah, I feel it, dude. I, I wake up. I have dreams sometimes, actually, and I'll jerk in the middle of the night, like, and it'll wake myself up, and I, I still dream like I'm playing and somebody's getting ready to hit me, and I'll stiff-arm people. I'm jumping out of the way. That's um, called PTSD. So, uh, PTSD, yeah, yeah. that's what it is. And I, I'm sure you have it. <laughs> Tim, listen, we can joke about it now, and good on you for still being involved in Cleveland and yeah, coming okay. back because it could be really, and I'm sure you've gotten this question before, but it could be so easy for you to have bitterness and resentment toward the way you were handled and treated here. Why don't you? You know, I think that's a good question. That's a question I get asked a lot, you know, because I think when I tell people I'm still a huge Browns fan, they're like, well, why? You know, they didn't treat you great. They kind of ruined your career, you know? Uh, and, you know, but for me, I think you can look at it one or two ways. You can be bitter and uh, you can you know, have all this hate and resentment uh, going on inside of you, but that's that's a tough way to go about it. For me, I choose to look at it as like, these, these, this team gave me an opportunity to be an NFL player and live out a dream. They, they, they believed in me so much, they made me the number one pick in the draft and brought me in and gave me an opportunity to be a franchise quarterback in the NFL, which is all I ever wanted was an opportunity. And, you know, we had we had some really good times here. They just were, you know, just a lot of ups and downs and, you know, had unfortunately had a lot of injuries and couldn't stay healthy. But I really loved my time in Cleveland. I love the organization and um, just just loved having the opportunity to be a Cleveland Brown. I told you, he really is one of the it's nicest amazing. people you'll meet. Be- I got to tell you, man, if I was you, I'd be like, screw them. Yeah. I'm done with Cleveland. I'm never going back. <laughs> you know, I, I think Tim pointed out something there that's one of my favorite sayings in the world is hate corrodes the vessel that carries it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's only going to tear you apart. Yeah. And, I, and, yeah. I, and I've had these conversations with Tim off the air, too. And I can tell you, because I, Tim, I, I never told you this, but I had had a number of people ask me, is that BS? That, 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 is that an act? Tim acting like he's all cool with Cleveland. I go, no, it's not. It's genuinely who he is. Uh, does he wish his time here would have gone better? Of course he does. Does he feel like maybe he didn't get the most fair shake? Absolutely, and he should. Yeah. But um, in all of our private conversations, he's always been nothing but, hey, man, they gave me an opportunity. Mm-hmm. They paid me well for, for my time there. It didn't work out, but I'm not going to look back. I'm only looking forward, and that's why... Tim's uh, Tim. Tim does don't know this, but uh, a lot of people don't know this. But Tim's more successful in business yeah. afterlife 
than he was as an athlete. And this was one of the greatest high school athletes of all time. It's voted on by ESPN for crying out loud. They're not wrong on anything. Uh, <laughs> but Absolutely. I mean, here he is um, in, in the afterlife, guys. Uh, He's not hunting for nickels. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing pretty well. <laughs> well you talk, what you, uh, it really speaks to the testament of his, his personality and what he's made of, right? Because Tim knows this for a fact. How many people have we played with that have been stuck in the mud here, still in their feelings from 30 years ago that can't seem to move Absolutely. forward, right? Yeah. And you, and yeah. we, hell, I've been in bad situations, right? Sure. So, but I'm not bitter yeah. about them. I keep it moving, right? And so, but some people can't see to keep it moving. You, you read about them all the time. I think, I think they had them over 30 for right. 30, 30 in the uh, last day. I'm like, hey, y'all still mad? That's 35 years ago. <laughs> and so you have to be able as a player to acknowledge where you're Because here, we all were given an opportunity, right? Some people right. walk into better situations than others, right? And you, you can sit over there all day like, I wish I was over there. Well, I'm not. I'm over here, right? Yeah. And so you try to figure out a way to make it work. And I think it's just kudos to him to be able to come back and speak to that and still keep intact and understand the perspective of him as being a player and giving him a chance to be a pro. Live yeah. out his childhood dream. No question. So uh, real quick, I, I think it's a natural bridge to cross, and I'm just a substitute teacher here, so maybe these guys have already asked you this, and if so, I apologize. But there, I think there are some parallels between you and Baker being the number one overall pick and not yeah. going the way that you think. He obviously has a lot of bitterness and, and how this is ending. What would you tell him in terms of – of how this how this is going for him. I think you had it far worse than he did in terms of the talent around him no and doubt. whatever else. But the ending is going to be the same. It's not going to be the ending you wanted as a number one overall pick. And he's going to feel like he got screwed by Cleveland. What would your counsel be to him now and maybe 10 or 20 years from now? Because I don't know that Baker's going to be you. I don't know that we're going to be having a conversation with Baker <laughs> on this set in 25 years. Yeah, you know, I think that's a really good point. Um, you know, we were in very similar situations coming in as the number one overall pick. Baker, I came into an expansion team. Baker walked into a team that didn't win a game the previous year. So we walked into a tough situation, and we both were able to take the team to the playoffs. And, um, you know, Baker won a game in the playoffs. So, And it's the only two times the Browns have been in the playoffs in the last 20-some years since 1999. So, um, But, you know, overall, when Baker looks back at his career, he's going to feel a lot of bitterness, man. He's going to feel like he was um, let go way too early. They gave up on him way too early. And I certainly felt that way as well because of, you know, and because of injuries. Um, you know, and he's going to feel that bitterness. And I'm not going to say I didn't feel it either when I was a 25, 26, 27-year-old kid. Um, but, you know, you got to learn to get over it and move past it and just realize, you know, that, hey, that was your opportunity. It didn't work out for so, for a lot of different reasons. And, uh, you know, go on and try to make the best of your career. He's still got a lot of career left. He's a young guy. Uh, he's going to land on his feet somewhere when he gets healthy. He's a very talented football player, in my opinion. Um, you know, just like I said, man, just, just be thankful for the opportunity because this is the NFL. Um, you know, there's a lot of tremendous players, a lot of great quarterbacks in this league. Uh, and anytime you get a shot to be a starting quarterback for an NFL franchise, you got to be appreciative of that opportunity. And, you know, if, if sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. So just try to make the best of it and move on. Tim, I just saw just news just broke in the last five minutes that uh, I know he wasn't your head coach when you were here, but he was the defensive coordinator, I believe, one of the years you were here. Romeo Cornell just announced his retirement from the NFL. I don't know what kind of relationship you had with him the year he was here as the D.C., because obviously he's a quarterback. But uh, any thoughts yeah. or memories on Romeo? 
Yeah, just to remember him as a – he was a great guy. Everyone uh, everyone on the team loved being around him. He was just like a, you know, a wealth of knowledge for NFL. He'd been in the league for so long. You know, he, he could tell you all these different stories, and uh, he had coached so many great players, and uh, he, he was just a fun guy to be around and uh, certainly a player's coach and uh, one that everyone in the locker room, uh, you know, really liked to be around. He had an unbelievable career, and uh, hope he enjoys his retirement. Yeah. Back back to the, uh, his answer on yeah. Baker because mm-hmm. cause they kind of are their their careers very have been similar. very very similar. Yeah. I I hope it's my hope because I don't wish any ill will on Baker Mayfield. I really don't. He Same. he gave us some great memories. I hope he usurps some of that maturity right. that Tim has always oh, had. No. Tim had it when he was coming into the league as he a 22 it. year old kid. Yeah. Uh, I hope that Baker can because it seems like. He just stiff arms all the good advice. Like he already knows better. He doesn't need, right. and and he could really. Uh, I think he could help himself out both in. He's still in the middle of his career. Yeah, yeah. He can yeah. he can show teams that I'm ready to grow from this and move on. Because if he continues to show that he hasn't grown up, then he's giving teams across the league a reason not to well, go get him. Has he ever reached out to you, Tim? Has he reached out to you? Because if I were him, I would have. Um, not, not about this stuff. We, we've talked several times on different occasions, just, just, you know, small talk, just about, you know, just really football stuff. And, you know, just when he first got to Cleveland about, you know, just, you know, handling, you know, being a franchise player, being the number one pick coming in, we've talked about some stuff like that, but I haven't talked to him at all since all this stuff kind of went down and, um, you know, they brought Deshaun in. I haven't spoken to Baker and, you know, it's probably been a year or so since, since we've talked, but, uh, you know, you know, we haven't, uh, haven't had any discussions about it. So Jay, you got to you got to you got to understand that Baker is at the proverbial crossroads, right? Yes. People want to see growth here in right. people, right? And as a person, yeah. Because as a young person, you can be you can be brash and everything you want, but at some point, you have to realize that everybody's not feeding you BS here. Here's the story. I got to make a change here. Yeah. And that's what people here are waiting for. Yes, so, to humble themselves. Yes. Right. Say, hey, I'm gonna make a change. I'm gonna get better. Just do that. And so, I, I wonder if that's happening, guys, because he did the one podcast. And it wasn't as bad as I thought. He didn't crush the Browns as bad as I thought that he could, which, deservedly or not, like it's not going to do him any favors. But the fact that he's kept quiet this long, I wonder if there is some maturity Jason, and some growing Jason, up. In the I hope so. Jason, it would be much better. I tell you, you want, you want to make a statement, you walk into the OTA. Do that, right? Do that. Do something they don't expect you to do, right? Not do that, right? Would they would they this, welcome him? They don't want him there. <laughs> they don't want yeah, him it's there. Not what, about what, what it's not about what they want. It's about him. It's about him showing that he has grown, right? Walk into the OTA, absorb the heat because people say, You showed up here, what are you doing here? Right? Go through your reps, right? It's only a matter of days. That's humbling yourself. That's humbling that is, yourself. Yeah, that is. That's what people want to see. What's going to happen with training camp, Jay? Do you, do you think he's going to show up? No, I think he'll be excused. No, he, Baker. I would be stunned if he's. If ever he back wanted to, he could. If he wanted to, he could. Per the CBA, he's, he's under sure. contract. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I don't see that happening. Yeah, I, I interesting. Think. Hey, Tim, um, I, I know you wanted to talk about Jacoby Brissett. He's, he might be 
the the low-key most important player on this Browns roster coming into the season because we don't know. And I, I think there's every anticipation that there will be some kind of suspension, and I think there's most expected that would happen before the season begins. That puts an incredible amount of pressure on a guy that once upon a time had a pretty good season with the Colts. What, if he has to guide this ship for a number of games, six, where are the Browns? And what are your thoughts on Jacoby? I like Jacoby as a player myself. You know, I think he's um, he, he's had a couple good years in Indianapolis. He's put up some good numbers. He's shown he can win football games for you. And, you know, I think this is the exact reason why he was brought in here. You know, I mean, of course, the Browns were anticipating Deshaun being suspended for a little bit and possibly being out or, or you know, if he, if he gets an injury when he's when he's healthy, if he's in there or when he's allowed to play, if he gets an injury, uh, Jacoby can come in and, and play. And he's shown he can do that. You know, obviously he's not, um, you know, it can be your long-term answer, but I think he's a guy that can fill in and, uh, be a really serviceable back, uh, serviceable backup guy. He can come in and, and, and you know complete passes. He can be accurate with the football. He can put points on the board. And uh, you know I think he's a guy that uh, you know can can hold it down until Deshaun comes back. Hey Tim, let me ask you a question. I just thought about this while I'm sitting here thinking, what would would Baker walk into training camp? What kind of pressure would that put the Browns under to make a move? What would that do? Uh, I think. I think it would be a lot, you know, I think it would, um, you know, it'd be a media circus, you know, first of all, you know, I think they would have to deal with all that, uh, which I don't think they would really want to deal with, you know, just, just having that around uh, the organization, you know, especially with everything they're dealing with already with, the, with what Deshaun's going through, you know, for Baker to show up and to get him more media attention on that, you know, I don't think they would probably welcome that, but um, you know, if, if I'm Baker, I'm probably, I'm going to show up. I'm going to make him make a decision. You know, I'm going to, I'm like, force, Hey, I'm a wouldn't that force that? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, if you're under contract and you're allowed to be there, um, you'll show up, you know, get your reps in. You know, I, I think, you know, you can work out at home and you can do all the training with quarterback coaches you want, but it doesn't uh, it, it, it doesn't simulate what you can, you know, what you can get out of being at practice and going against live defense and live coverages and, and rushes and all those kind of things. So I would show up and get my reps in if I were Baker and, and just see what happens. That would be one of the most Browns things yeah. of the year. Yeah. If, if Baker showed up, just trade him. You know, out, what, trade a him yeah. what, what a nightmare! Baker showed up and started talking. Just oh. trade. Oh man! <laughs> oh man! All right, let's. Uh, hey, listen. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Mike Polk played a game with us on the show, and we—I don't think we've laughed so hard oh, on this set. Yeah. The game was former Browns quarterback or stock mechanic photo, and he. <laughs> so we're going to show you now. He gave us nineteen. And we looked at All them right. and we had to decide, was this a quarterback or was this a mechanic? So we're going to play that game with you. I, I promise. Jason we, we and Brad are going to play also because they yeah. haven't played. But, I want, play, you and I but, but, but here's the thing. I want, I want Tim to give his guess first. Yes. Being a former Browns quarterback, I think, guys, it, it, it could happen where he goes like two and three, <laughs> yeah. oh and five. Because right. some of these, I got to tell you, some of these were really tough. All right, All right McNuggets, take it away. Let him, let him uh, see the first one and he can make his guess. I am so excited for this. This has been building up for 10 days. So, Steve, let's get the music rocking. And here's your first one, Tim. Is this a post-1999 Browns quarterback? It's hard, isn't it? photo auto mechanic. Oh, Dude, this is harder than I thought. I thought this would be really easy for me, but that, that's throwing me off. Uh, I'm going to go with stock photo auto mechanic. All right, guys. What about you guys? Yeah, what do you say? I, that looks a tinge like Jake Delhomme. I'm going to go Browns quarterback. Okay. I don't know who the hell it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you the hell it is. You got to make a guess, though. You got to make a guess. Browns quarterback. Are you going Browns quarterback? Okay. <laughs> reveal, Steve? It's a stock. Oh! 
So Tim's he's out to the one nothing lead. All right. Good. It did look a little like Delome. Delome in this Delome is not part of this. So let's go to the second one, Steve. Let's get the next picture. Is this a post 1999 Browns quarterback? Stock photo of an auto mechanic. He's wow. got the quarterback hair and beard, doesn't he? Yeah. It, it definitely looks like a quarterback, but I don't know who that is, so I'm going to go with auto mechanic. <laughs> Jason? Looks a little like Jake DeLome, so I'm going to go. That's a bullshit. So let's go Brown's quarterback. I would say Brown's quarterback. He's smiling too okay, good. Okay, here we He's go. He's smiling too good. And the reveal? Oh! <laughs> Tim is taking a commanding lead. Tim, you're off and running. Oh. <laughs> this is devastating. I know. I can never show my. I mean, you know what's, what it says is that you don't know. Right, right. In, in my defense, I was covering the NBA for half uh, of this okay, time. Right, no right, doubt. No, no, no defense. Right, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason. Uh, Steve, number three. Is this a 1999 Browns quarterback or a stock photo auto mechanic? That is Charlie Fry. So that's the Browns quarterback. He looks a little like Jake Tillome, so I'm going to go Browns quarterback. <laughs> I'm following Tim. That's a Browns Tim's quarterback. Confident. Yeah. That's a confident answer. It's also the correct answer. Uh, yes. When Tim's throwing out the name, right? you, know, you got to yeah. follow it. you got to follow it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Have to. By the way, Tim, we were going to play this game with the Patriots, but there were only four pictures, so we're like, that's no fun. You know, yeah, you got Tom cool. Brady and then a couple yeah. of other guys in there, Castle and – so it wasn't yeah. any good. It works with the Browns well. Number four. Let's see the picture. Is this a post-1999 Browns quarterback, or is this a stock photo of an auto mechanic? I don't remember this either. Ooh, that, uh, that's, a, that's another auto mechanic. Yeah, I'm going to agree. That's an auto mechanic. Browns quarterback. Whoa. Two versus one. Steve, let's see it. <laughs> Tim, you're four for four. I love it. That's incredible. This last one was the one that none of us got, or, or the lowest percentage of us getting right. Is this a stock photo auto mechanic, or is this a post-1999 Browns quarterback? Um, that is another auto mechanic. I don't know. Those look like soulless eyes. That looks like a Browns quarterback to me. I almost had the soul beat out of him. I'm going to go back with the same route. Browns quarterback. I think that is a quarterback, right? Steve? Yeah. That's Austin Davis. Yes! Yes! Oh, wow. I finally did. Finally, we finally got one on two. We're wrong. I mean, what did he start? One game for the Browns? Two games. Two? So, you still won, though. I don't remember him. Tim, you, you got four out of five. Jay, good good okay. effort, Jason. You got you got three, three? out of five. All right. Brad, you gotta work on your former Bronx quarterback college. <laughs> time in the mechanic shop. Mechanics to me, buddy. Quarterback mechanic. The that same thing. Tim, well done though, brother. Well done. I mean Austin that Davis yeah, is. I Austin Davis is so obscure we couldn't even get a picture of him in a Browns jersey. No. Yeah, no photo. Yeah, did not exist. Before, huh? Yeah. That's fine. Well, when yeah. we well, I think we didn't play this game with Joe Thomas, but Joe Thomas told the story about the game in Pittsburgh one year when a third-string yeah. quarterback came in and he actually had to introduce himself to the quarterback. Hi, I'm your left tackle. I'm Joe Thomas. He didn't, didn't know who the guy was. <laughs> like, who are you? Didn't, didn't know who he was. He didn't take a single uh, rep with him all week. Man, that's tough. That was like my, my second year in the NFL when I broke my thumb uh, after like week five or six, and we went through like 
maybe five or six starters that year. We had like Doug Peterson, uh, Detmer, I think, uh, Spurgeon Wynn. Uh, we, we were down to like bringing guys in off the street by the end of the season, man. It was it was crazy. Who's about the stands? Mm. Wow. That about sums yeah. up the Browns. For yep. most yeah, that really does. Thanks, yeah. thanks for that depressing uh, memory. <laughs> yeah. I had bulky race that entire season. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so Tim, before we let you go, let us in on a day in the life of Tim Couch. You got the golf shirt on there. You're probably going to kick it for 18, I'm guessing. I know you're going to get a workout in. Like, what is the average day in the life of Tim Couch? Uh, So, normally it's a a wake-up, workout, um, do whatever my kids are doing, get them to school, do whatever. Uh, During the summer right now, my kids are um, in football practice and camps and stuff, so I'm getting them to – wherever they need to be. And then I'm heading right to the golf course after this show. So I'm, I'm trying I to play. It. I get about four or five rounds a weekend right now. Uh, wow. So yeah, play, play a lot of golf and then, uh, you know, mix in some business stuff here and there, you know, my business stuff that I'm involved in, I'm mostly just, um, you know, an investor. So it doesn't require my time day to day. So I'm just, uh, you know, be able to travel a lot and uh, spend a lot of time with my kids and be out on the golf course. As much You're as living I can. your best life, man. And you, and you deserve it. Yeah. How's your game? How's your game these days? Where are you? Like, uh, are you single digit handicap? I'm getting close. I'm a 10 right now, um, I love but it. I'm, wow. I'm working. I'm trending wow. down towards uh, hopefully get to about an eight or a nine this summer and uh, just, just trying to I play with some really good players and just trying to keep up with them, man. Tim, did you actively want your kids to play football or did you just kind of leave it be and they chose it? Yeah, I just kind of left it up to them and uh, they chose it. Um, my my oldest son, um, he, he's going to be a junior this coming season. He, he was playing quarterback up to about his seventh grade year and he came to me one day and he's like, Dad, I just... I just feel too much pressure, you know, to play quarterback, you know, with this last name in the state of Kentucky. And it's wow. just everyone was just looking at it too hard. So I said, listen, man, I don't care if you play quarterback or not. Do whatever you want to play wherever you want. So he plays defensive end now. And he wow. just got his first scholarship offer last week from Eastern Kentucky University. Nice. And Kentucky's shooting in now. And, wow. Uh, and that so won't yeah, be his last. It won't be his last. He, he's a big kid. He's just kind of getting started. He's already 6'5", about 240. Oh, that's a 16-year-old. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, he's, he's going to be the big boy. The Browns are looking at Tim as a as a defensive end to, to bring him back. <laughs> he was out when, when he was he and I were doing the Browns preseason games together, and yeah. Tim was out at practice. And the players, all, a lot of the players, yeah, would stop and they'd be like, "She's what in the world are you doing, Tim? Yeah. You look like a linebacker these days." Yeah, that's called too much time on my hands. I got too much time to sit and work out all damn day. <laughs> oh man, hey, good for you though. Good for you. Now you have you have two boys, right? Yeah, I've got two boys, and my youngest is uh, going to be a seventh grader. Okay, now are they? Is football their primary sport? Do they do they do it all? Because you were, did you win Mister Basketball in in Kentucky or no? Because you should have if you did. Yeah, I thought you did. Yeah, I let, yeah, my junior year I was averaging thirty-seven points a game. Ooh, <laughs> so, man, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Remember I told you the yeah, story. So, I told boom. you. I told you they could play. I told you, you got someone to play. Yeah. So have they have they kind of fallen into football as being their primary sport or? Do they like basketball yes, too? Uh, my oldest, my oldest son just plays football. Uh, he was playing football and lacrosse, but he just focusing on football now. My youngest son plays uh, football, basketball, and baseball. He really loves golf. He, he he'll play anything moving, man. He's just an athletic kid and just wants to be involved in in whatever whatever sport is going on at that time. He wants to be involved in it. So he's uh, uh, just happy, happy they're they're into sports and uh, you know doing it on their own. It's nothing forced or you know not me telling them they got to go out and work. They they just uh, re- really enjoy the game and. and uh, you know, enjoy practice and enjoy working on it. And it's, uh, I'm really proud of uh, the development they've, they've made over the last few years. 
Well, that's a good thing. And, um, you know, continue to success to them. And congrats to your boy. I know that's that first one's always a yeah. big deal because uh, you can sort of say, okay, <laughs> that, that, now the floodgates open. Um, McNuggets Absolutely. has a question for you, Tim, before we let you go. Sure. Yeah, Tim, in our next segment, we're going to talk about the biggest one-hit wonders in Cleveland sports history. But I, I want from your opinion, I asked you this before the show, but who do you think right. is the biggest one-hit wonder in Cleveland sports history? Kelly Man, Holcomb? I would have to – <laughs> well, I, I would say that but he's my friend, so he, he would come here if I said that and be like, "What the hell are you doing, man?" <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go with uh, I'll go with Peyton Hillis. Would be yeah, my, that's uh, a really good know, one. He, yep. yeah. he was on the cover of Madden. He rushed for over 1,100 yards one year. You know, he was kind of the biggest thing in, in football there for one season. Then he kind of just disappeared. But yeah, he had, he had a heck of a year. Yeah, he really did. I remember. So what, yeah. before he got the cover of Madden. I can't remember who he was a finalist with. Maybe an OBJ. Or it, no, it was he wasn't before OBJ. Yet. I think it was yeah. uh, Mike Vick, wasn't it? It might have been Mike Vick, but both of the finalists Vick, yeah. came in to ESPN to do the car wash and do all the different shows. And I remember the producer of our show said to me, knowing I'm a Browns fan, he's yeah. like, how the hell is this guy a finalist to be Sir. on Madden? Yeah. 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 And I said, he's yeah. coming off a great year. Like, I... Not I can't imagine he's, he's going to win. Uh, well, he, he was a great – he was fun. He was a yeah. fun interview. But, um, yeah, he was – and after that, it was the Madden curse for real. I mean, <laughs> uh, he definitely didn't have a year that ever approached that. Tim, hit him straight. Enjoy your day. Live the life we all want to live and wish we could. <laughs> because I know you do. The great Tim Couch on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Right, Tim, Tim, thank you, my friend. Always Thanks, good Tim. to have See you on, buddy. Always good to have you Thanks. on. And uh, by the way, I don't think it could happen to a nicer guy. No. You know, he really he's does. earned it. He's got a wonderful. Oh, he, paid life. His, he paid his dues. Yeah, yeah he yes, did. He, did. he paid yes, his he dues. And, and what um, a great attitude to have after everything that he went through here. Right. To yeah. still be. And I'm serious. I think he should really. Baker's probably not ready, but I, I, I still think Baker should have some sort of relationship with this city. It's going to take time. It's so, clearly going to take Tim time. Tim Cowell's an example of the ambassadors that are in sports that the leagues really should be leaning on with these young players coming in the, to understand what it really is all about. Right? Yeah. And so, I don't know that the league has a mentorship program, right. but I think they should. I know they do the symposium, right? but all industries have mentorship programs. And I, I benefited greatly from it in my career, and I've tried to pay it forward to mm -hmm. others where I can. And I think sometimes these kids come in, they're 21 years old. They're yeah. 22 years old. They're given eight figures yep. and told to go figure it out. Yep. And don't they, be spoiled, they, by the no. way. Well, but they think they've got it figured well, out but when they don't. You can almost understand why they do because, right. Bull, they've had their feet kissed wherever right. they've gone. The For ground years. has been yeah, holy yeah. that they've right. walked on. Yeah. And I am beyond fascinated to see how this Baker Mayfield movie plays out. Right. I, am, I will watch his career with great interest, whether it's Seattle or Carolina, wherever he goes. Was this a one-hit wonder? Was he a fluke? Or is there something there? The one thing that I have learned, I think we've all learned from Baker Mayfield is he loves more than anything when people give up on him, when, when people tell him you can't do it, we've quit. I mean, what he did at Oklahoma, I know you say he's just a guy, but what he did at Oklahoma was remarkable. He goes there as a walk-on, gets the starting job, wins the high school After trophy. Hertz took him, it was Hertz, right? Took him a national championship game. I mean, it was. I think. No, no, no. Hertz came no. later. later. Yeah. They from had Alabama. They had who was these? They had an established quarterback there, and Baker's like, "Yeah, I'm going to Oklahoma. I, I can beat him out." 
I think you're right. They did have a good quarterback. I thought it was Hurts. Hurts was after. Yeah, Hurts was after. Yeah, Hurts was after. Well, immediately after. Was Kyler. What was, he, and he won the Heisman too. Yeah, back to back. Which is crazy. It's going to drive me crazy now. I, 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 I am watching with great interest to see, you know, what he becomes. Is he a run-of-the-mill guy? Was he overrated? Will he never start again? Oh, he'll start Will again. Will he take – I think I he'll start, start again. I firmly too. believe he'll start again. Yeah. I think he's a, he's an average NFL quarterback. I said that for two years. I don't years. think he's ever going into a situation where he's the definite starter. But I do think he will start again. Yeah, he will for yeah. sure. He'll have a starting job. Uh, yeah, and I, and I go back to what you're saying, Jay. The, the mentorship program uh, or opportunities, I think, are, could help him immensely, right? And yeah. I, I'm speaking out. I, I don't know that they don't have a mentorship no, but, program, I mean, but I, I, as ho- I, hopefully teams do. As I think, as I think about my my career, the people I came across. Who they, did you look to? So these are the guys that helped me. So Craig Hodges, Earl Curden, Bill Cartwright, wow. Gene Banks. Joe Dumars, Isaiah Thomas, those were the guys. It's a that, pretty heady list. Yeah, so, but, you know, they were all different, right? And so each stage of my career was different because I picked up a little bit from this. You know, Gene Banks and Hodges were early on, and then Dumars were later on. Dumars and Isaiah were later on. And so you're learning because you're soaking up the knowledge because now they're giving you back with an uh, experience what they've experienced and sure. say, listen, don't look at That's it like invaluable. that. Don't look at it like that. Look at it like this, right? right? And so, and and I think Baker could benefit from someone like that in his yeah, life. Absolutely, whether could. it's Tim, you gotta or, want that. He's gotta want. Yeah, it. you do have to be yeah. open to the idea right. that you don't already know everything. It's like when you have a gambling problem or a drinking problem. Like everybody could come and want to help you, but if you don't want that help, no, if you don't right. want to get better. Yeah. You're not going to. I'm not saying for sure he doesn't, but it it's not going to happen until he's ready for it. I was glad that you asked him, Tim, if if Baker has reached out to him. Because I, I was hoping that the answer would be yes. I was actually in the room a few times when Baker and Tim were talking, mm-hmm. and I was just a fly on the wall. I was like, this is an unbelievable conversation. Yeah. And I was also fortunate enough to see Baker and Bernie yeah. talking. And right. I got to tell you, I know that the, you would tend to think that Baker would stiff arm all that stuff, but he did listen. He paid them, I thought, the, the respect and the, you know, I, I thought he was very respectful to them. And he asked him questions, and he seemed to be genuinely interested. Now, whether or not he was, and that was just an act, I, I don't know. Brad, I think players respect former players yeah. more so than they do coaches or GMs or owners or whatever yeah. else, or certainly media. What do we know? But I think a player like Baker would look to Bernie or look to Tim and hopefully value their input far more than probably anyone working for the team currently. But to your point, Jason, you have to, you have to humble yourself. You have to be ready to receive it, right? And when yeah. you're young – we tend to have a, a chance to say, no, 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 I got this. Even when it's going bad, I can, I can correct it, right? No, no, you can't correct it. Did you find young players that were coming into the NBA when you were a veteran, did you find that they were more or less likely to seek out that advice than you were when you came in? They would seek it out with time. You had to earn their trust. Once you earn their trust, then you, then you give it in conversation. We're on the bus, we're on the plane, right? And that's where they get the information at. But you couldn't go to them directly and be like, well, you need to do this. They didn't want this, it. I want that. You have to give it to them in a way to, say, to show them that you're not out to sabotage them. Because the first thing is, the person, people protect themselves. They think that everybody's out here to sabotage you. Like, nobody, I don't really know you, so I don't really trust you. Right? And right. so. So it happens on their time. Yes. The younger players' yes. time. I remember Anthony Parker holding that role when the Cavs were rebuilding the first time LeBron left and they had a young Kyrie and a young Dion. I can't remember the specifics of the conversation, but they wanted to buy a, a car or something that was really expensive. And AP was like, man, 
save your money, put your money in your pocket, don't do anything stupid like that. And that yeah. was that was very much Anthony Parker's role on that team was to be that mentor and that sort of guiding voice to some of these younger to, kids. To your, to your point, Bill Cartwright is the first one to talk me out of buying an expensive car. I said, don't do that. Yeah. And, it's, and we were riding, he and I were riding in a taxi to the mall. He's like, don't do that. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. he was like, come with me. We're going to just go to the mall. Bill Cartwright walking around a mall in Dallas with me. Right. And so he was like, <laughs> God, don't, that had to be his picture. <laughs> oh he, he, he was like, don't do that. This is how we do it. I bet no is, one knew who you guys were. Right, no, uh, listen. <laughs> and so the funny part about it is to this day, I still follow that advice. Yeah. Mm. Mm, he said, this is how you buy it. This is how you do it. Don't 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 go blow your money here. And yeah. so especially the, I mean, to, to, you guys weren't making right, money to, to this day. I still follow that, that train of advice. Yeah. Yeah. Antoine Jameson when he played here was making 18 million. I, I remember talking to him. He said he loved going to Marshall's in TJ Maxx mm. and finding the deals there. Yeah, just <laughs> and, and again, that veteran voice for the yeah. younger guys saying, oh, yeah, I love going to Marshall's. You get good deals at yeah. Marshall's and well, TJ Maxx is like, are you serious? He goes, oh, yeah, <laughs> the stat is overwhelming, but I believe it's 75% of the NFL players are either broke, addicted, or divorced within well, five you, years of leaving you, the league. You know, you know, I live in Warsaw. And some of them, all three. I'm in Warsaw, and there's a Lowe's and Bedford Heights near me, right? Guess who's in there all the time? Jared <laughs> Allen's in there all the time. No kidding. All the time. Hmm. All the time. Not sending some 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 guy to do some work yeah. for him. He's in there. Well, I, I, I'm most <laughs> impressed that he's there doing his own home improvement right, right. <laughs> Like, that says a Hope lot he's not using somebody. a saw. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> is he chatting with people? Or yeah, they, oh, home? man, they go around. They got a, all kind of people talking about the pictures he's taking with them. Yeah, that's and everything. great, though. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. But these are, they're just real people. Yeah. yeah. That's always cool. When that I, the ones that are the real people, those like Tim, those are the ones that seem to do better yeah. in no the doubt. afterlife than the ones yeah, that. Yeah, Jared Allen seems like a good guy, so none of that yeah. is surprising. Good. All right, we're going to take a break on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. A lot to get to when we come back, including this deal that we talked about to start the show is, does college football need a salary cap? Would that fix some of these NIL problems? We'll discuss that and more when the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show comes right back. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.